0: This is Cam Johnson, the Brooklyn Nets, Moon Township, Pennsylvania
1: native, and you're listening to Chasin' Birdies. All right, guys, welcome back here to this week's episode of Chasin' Birdies. It's been two weeks, and we're back in the saddle, bud. It's been two weeks, bud. And, and and I see you right now. It's like I'm not looking at a computer screen. I'm looking at you, bud.
2: I look better in person.
1: Mm, I was going to tell you today, bud. You're losing some weight. Yeah, but I don't know what to tell anyways.
2: you. Maybe you need a big bag. Today's episode is brought to you by Nemecolon. Make sure you go over to Nemecolon.com. Check them out. Book your stay. The fall up here is amazing. Fall ball is prime time on the golf courses. Um, grab yourself a cold one and head over to the pool and enjoy yourself. So Nemecolon.com.
1: Yeah, the golf is
2: Perfect. Mm-hmm. The leaves are turning, baby. This is my favorite time of the year at Nemecolin, so.
1: So, yeah, you know, I'm just going to get right into this. Today's episode's great. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um. So, I'm just going to get into this recap here of the last couple of weeks. I spent some time in Oregon recently. Kicked off Oregon at Bandon Dunes for Ian Patrick's 50th birthday party. Can't believe it Happy belated, bud. I can't believe it happened. I mean, the guy is like the energized bunny. Yeah. Left Bannon Dunes on Saturday morning, drove to Bend, Oregon for the annual Link Soul 2 Man at Pronghorn, where pegged it up with our former guest, Steve Peering. Now, Steve was a, a you know, well, you heard his story on a podcast, talks up all year about his golf game, gets me fired up for this event, it's a blast. Uh, put a reel up on Instagram last week of Steve, and um, I think he is a little pissed at me, to be honest with you. So I do apologize. It is all love, though. There's no hate. There's no shade being thrown. Um, but I will, I will say in his defense, the second round on Monday, Steve made five birdies. He came out firing. We won both of our matches. But, you know, the first day he was, I think, 27 holes. He was out of 24. Um, I forgive him. I forgive him, but God dang it. It's tough, man, mentally, you know?
2: It's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're babysitting. Golf's hard enough. And then you got to worry about, well, first off, that video is one of the funniest things that I've <laughs> seen in a long time. My dad was laughing. And my favorite part of the whole thing is whenever the conversation you had about a 5-iron, 225 into the wind.
1: Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's 225 into the wind, and he's, he's looking for 5-iron. And I'm like, and the irony of it all is he actually hit the 5-iron. Yeah. He blew it way right, and you and didn't he have said, that. Who was he looking for what? And the guys we were playing with said, "Is he really looking for his ball?" And I said, "Yeah," and he's going to find it, and he did. He was on a rock,
2: so he made five birdies, which good job. And I told this to Steve, and Steve needs to understand this, dude. You're putting pressure on yourself to play so well because you're telling everybody you're going to win this event. In reality, you played yourself out of the event in the first round every time because you guys play like dog ass, mm-hmm. and we do then, yeah, it's easy to play well the second day because you got no pressure. you got nothing to worry about. You're playing just to play. You're playing free, and that's how you need to play all rounds of golf. Yeah. And you guys will have a success. Well, he'll start texting me
1: now until next September every week giving me updates, and I know his game's there, but he just doesn't need to put so much dang pressure on himself, you know? I think as golfers, we always try to do better and put pressure on ourselves, but that is the absolute worst thing you could do when you're trying to compete. Um... Speaking of competing in Ryder Cup, who you got, bud?
2: I have no clue. Um, I actually saw the bet the other day that it was going to be a push. Tie. I might actually take that.
1: You're betting. You've been betting more? You've been doing better?
2: Yeah, I've been betting more. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of, this past Sunday, the Steelers took the under and and took the Steelers at plus three. Uh, Now, did you parlay it or did you take them straight, both? Straight, both. Gotcha. And. We won both because yeah. we were chasing a little bit. Had a good college uh, day on Saturday for the most part. Yeah, my pick, my love was Oregon over Colorado. I mean, I, I,
1: I tried to tell you. I told you early in the day, I said, I, I love Oregon. At home, 21 and a half points. Lay the chalk, baby. They're going to absolutely
2: destroy Colorado, and they did. That was that was really, I mean, I knew it was over after the first quarter. I texted you. I said, I am such a dummy for yeah. taking Colorado.
1: There's some good games. I mean, the Miami Dolphins putting up 70, 70. And the running back is on my bench. He put up 56 points. I'd, I'd have won this week if this cat would have been playing. But, Anyways, I do feel like the air has changed. It's officially fall. The leaves are changing. The weather's changing.
2: Hockey's starting.
1: Hockey's starting. Football's in full swing. Um, and next thing you know, you turn the page, and we're going to be right back into the start of the NBA season.
2: The right National here. Basketball Association. And that leads us to our guest today, Moon Township native. Pitt Panther, North Carolina Tar Heel, Brooklyn Net, Phoenix Suns first. Phoenix Suns. Well, Brooklyn actually, Nets. yeah, he was drafted. Left, but, 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 like, yeah. We're talking about right um, <laughs> Kim Johnson. And um, man, what a guy. I mean, really, I mean, I was really impressed with with him and how he carries himself and uh, the way he he some things that he put in perspective for us.
1: Mature beyond his years. Yeah, ten years younger than me and you, and he um, and fourteen inches taller than you. True. Yeah, they don't even make you can't buy a fourteen inch hoagie at Subway, but he is 12. fourteen. He's got fourteen on me. So I don't know, my man. Let's take this right over here to Cam Johnson, Brooklyn Nets. Here on Chasin Birdies. All right, guys, welcome back here to another episode of Chasin Birdies. We are live here at Nemicon Resort in Farmington, Pennsylvania, by the way, with a I mean, a humble, nice young man playing in the NBA, first rounder, Cameron Johnson. Thanks for thanks for coming on here, man. Thanks for having me, man. Man, it's a pleasure. Like I just said to you a little bit ago, NBA has been a realm, a sport where we had lacked. I'll be honest, we've lacked. And you carving out your time to join us here on the podcast, I really appreciate that. Really. Thank you. Thank you for
2: having me. It's, it's fun having, having somebody a little taller than you here, bud.
1: <laughs> Have
0: you had anybody shorter than you?
2: There's somebody <sighs> filming us shorter than him. Yeah. I
1: mean, Chase Chrisley is, is like maybe an inch taller than me. <laughs> uh, so, no. Colt Ford. He's probably my size. He's definitely the tallest. You're definitely oh, the tallest. No doubt about so, congrats it. on that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, but you, you know this region to you. I mean, this is kind of where you grew up. Yeah,
0: this is home. Um, you know, it goes back to what you said, man. Is Pittsburgh? We, we we didn't have a. We don't have a pro basketball team, and you know we've never been a heavy basketball city. Always, you know, great football players. Obviously, hockey baseball, whatever, but basketball has always been maybe a step behind. So you know, just continuing to, to push and build basketball culture around here.
1: Yeah, I think that's good, especially for the youth. Yeah. Because um, you look at guys like that have played professionally. I know a friend of ours, Neil Walker, with, with baseball, played for the yeah. Pirates. Yeah, um, He's pushing a lot of you know, baseball programs for developmental of the youth to try to get our region to be able to compete with you know, Texas and, and the South. And for basketball, I'm sure, you know, there's there's some I would think there's some um, developmental uh, programs in place here in Southwest PA. But, you know, to have a guy like you come out of here and doing what you're doing, it's um, it's hats off. Thanks, man. Uh, I,
0: that's a big part of it. Right. Like when when kids see that it's possible to make it somewhere, uh, that it's possible to get to the highest level of anything that you're doing and then you're able to pour back into them and, uh you know, be in front of them, I think is really helpful for kids adopting it and, and falling in love with the sport and, you know, whatever it is that they do. So uh, props to Neil for getting back and doing that. And, and I think a lot of the pros in my, my you know, era of, of Whipple sports come back and, and, and really kind of pour their heart back into the city. So, you know, I think it's a good group and, and I'll try to hold down the basketball end
2: awesome. Speaking of whip sports, I was texting with a buddy last night. He's a diehard Carolina fan. Um, he played at Elizabeth forward. And I said, I, I said, do you recognize this name? And he said, Oh my God. Yeah. He said he put 30 on us in the first half against <laughs> Elizabeth forward. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, little, little whip legend right there. We there we go. There we go. Yep. Well, congrats
1: on your, you know, recent new contract with the Nets. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know that, and, and that's one of those things. Now, as you just mentioned earlier with the youth, man, this is your profession. But at the end of the day, you got to remain rooted into your roots, humble. Right. You're a role model. Right. There are thousands of kids out there, right, whether here or in Carolina or in the whole country, really, that look at you mm-hmm. as a role model. So, does that add any type of pressure to what you got going on? Or you just kind of stay laser focused. Oh, it's do never you pressure.
0: Did? It's never pressure. Um, I think if it does anything, it adds perspective. Yeah, um, and I think perspective is the one thing that I try to keep in front of everything, because you can get so caught up in everything that you're doing, so caught up in the game, and 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 taking it for granted almost to the point where you know it it you focus on what could be going bad or or what's tough about it, this, that, the other. But when you just put it in perspective, man, and understand that this is what I dreamed of doing since I was zero years old. Like this was it. Like if you could ask me what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, this is it. Um, and, and, and so the opportunity to impact kids, um, impact the people around me is, is, is a blessing. It's a huge part of it. And, um, it's a part of it that, that I definitely appreciate. And it's, it's never pressure. Pressure is not the word I used to describe it.
1: It's interesting. I like, I like that. That's interesting. That's what you should think about
2: but when you're putting.
1: Like perspective, perspective, no chances.
2: pressure. Yeah, that's interesting to say it that way because I think you know we've had a lot of athletes, we've had a lot of uh, musicians on the show, and 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 that there is pressure in their mind, and that's an interesting take on it is that it's perspective, not pressure. Um, so that's really it's cool
0: like to a hear. it's like a like a false pressure. I mean, I get
2: there's it's self inflicted, self inflicted pressure. Well, it? and you know what a lot of that has to do, mm-hmm. and, and we're all in it is the social media world has created that
0: yeah in very dangerous ways very dangerous ways it's right? it has
2: it's um i mean you look at you look at kids they want to be perfect at 12 13 years old look perfect um be perfect have the have the stuff uh uh-huh. and that's a not real of, life though that's yeah. not that's real
0: that, and you can't t- it's really hard to tell them that Cause they like as many times as we can sit here and tell them that it's not real as a kids mind. It won't register. Yeah. yeah.
1: What is perfect?
0: Perfect is what you, whatever you want to, like whatever you are. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's, it's being
1: yourself. You, you, you. That's a whole topic of discussion. I mean, yeah, we could talk about that people, forever. you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a scary world in that regard. And now, you know, like my niece, for example, I mean, she just turned 12, you know, she's Instagram. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking like, okay, now, you know, her 36-year-old uncle has to watch what he posts on social media because my <laughs> niece is looking at everything, you know? But um, I don't know. I, it is. Know. It's a
2: crazy world that we live in. And um, yeah. So you came out of high school, out of Western PA. Hometown boy goes to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, was that kind of your dream to go to Pitt? Yeah. I'd say what my At dad point,
0: played my dad played there. Tons of family ties. I went to nursing school there. We were kind of a pit family. Um and it was a place that I you know, I went to games all the time when I was little and I was like, Yeah, I'd love to play here. I'd absolutely love to play here. And it was it was it was really cool to, you know, to see that out, to play, to play in the P. I remember when the P opened. I remember going to early games. I remember all the generations of basketball that came through in my time. Um, you know, when I was able to go and watch games. I I was at some of the last games at the field house
2: that's awesome. um,
0: and, and my dad's teams played at the field house, you know, so I just felt connected to the program and um, I, I really enjoyed my time there, man. It was like, when I tell you that that's where I grew up, that's where I grew up. That's where I matured a lot and figured a lot of this basketball stuff out because it was hard. You know, Jamie Dixon, he pushed us and I came in as an 18 year old. I went to Ulsh uh, and moved. No, single a single a whip basketball to ACC basketball is a big jump right and and size, a of a physicality. change huh? right so yeah. i was just like every day i just went in there like yeah i'm a fight i'm a fight and some days i'd sit in my locker for 45 minutes before practice just lay back like do i have it in me today and so to be able to like on one hand kind of just get through that process and get better every day and fight through it. Like just looking back now, I was like, you know, practices, training camps, seasons, I don't think I don't think it can get any harder than that. What I felt well, in, in those moments. Well,
2: yeah, some and there were some lows in the in the years that you were there. Yeah. Some uh, real some real
0: troubles in, in, in stuff, you and and stuff. And that but,
2: makes you question yourself a little bit. I mean, it's just normal. Yeah. Hey, am I in the right place? Am I am I doing the right thing? Am I contributing enough? Am I working harder? Right. So um, at what point did you kind of say, hey, listen, I need to take the next step and further my career? Oh, this
0: is, this is something we could talk about for the whole entire podcast. <laughs> so I'll, I'll shorten it up for the sake of time. Yeah. But so I graduated after my third year. The reason I graduated, I didn't graduate to leave early. I
2: Wait, graduated, you graduated Pitt after your yes, third year?
0: Yes. So my, my third year ended. I was grad, I was graduated right and my freshman year at Pitt I was I went to go meet with my advisor and I had credits transfer over from high school I had a, a quick start at Pitt you know I went first summer session and I logged three or four classes in that first summer and I had probably just a class or two extra then required yeah. every semester because you know it was, I was fine I was it wasn't hard for you know, like I could handle the academic stuff and uh I met with my advisor, I think, the very beginning of my second year. And I have tons of credits piled up. And I was getting ready to declare my major. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go into business. You know, it'll be finance or it'll be, you know, whatever. It's going to be something. So we're looking through and looking at all these course requirements. And, and my advisor's sitting there. And she, and she goes, you have a ton of credits piled up in arts and sciences. Like, if you get an arts like, you could finish your arts and sciences degree in a year and a half. I was like, hmm. She was like, you can finish your arts and sciences degree, get through that, and then you, I am coming off of a, of a medical shirt. I had shoulder surgery my freshman year, so I had five years. I had four more years of, of eligibility to play. She's like, you have, you would have then two full years to complete your master's degree after finishing your undergrad. And you can do it all while on scholarship, all while playing. So I was like, hmm. Went home, talked to my family about it, and they were like, go for it. So I. Declared my major in art and sciences communication, finished up in three years. At the end of that third year, you know, this was still, you know, at the time we were a really, we were actually a pretty solid team. Yeah. My second year at Pitt, you know, we were top 25 for a little bit, fell off a little bit at the end of the season. At this point it wasn't like leaving was like, oh, this program is not going in the right direction, whatever. You know, we were fine. We were doing well. At the end of my third year, you know, Jamie had left. Kevin Stallings came in. The, the year was, was a tough one. That was a tough year we're, we're there. Not, we, we did not win. We, we had our struggles. And then everybody left. You know, we had a lot of seniors, four, five of them graduated. We had probably six guys transfer. So that adds up to about ten. So it was myself and two other guys that remained on the team. So there's three people on the roster, and you got a bunch of freshmen coming yeah. in. When I say a bunch, I mean like four or five. So there's really only like eight people that could be on the roster for the upcoming year, and so I'm looking at the situation, and I'm understanding like we would be in a total rebuild of a program for my last two years. Total. Almost
2: not enough people to play. Almost enough people to
0: play, and I've played in AC now for three years. I know that it is a difficult league. I, I like to think I'm 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 okay player. Like I'm, a, yeah. I'm I'm pretty decent, right? But you're not just gonna take any group of guys and win in the ACC. Like it's it's tough. It's high level basketball. So I just took a look in the mirror and it's like, where do I want my last few years to go? Like, I wanted to compete for a championship. So it was no slight against the university. It was no slight against anybody. It was
2: just situational. What you had to do for yourself at that time.
0: Right. Where yeah. I wanted to take my career, where I wanted to go. So it was a tough decision, man. It, like, to that point in my life, I had never had, like, true, like a true stress of a life decision weigh on me. You know what I mean? And then that's when I, that was the first time I felt like, you know, it's not like the stress of getting your homework done or getting a good grade or, you know, minor life. Like, this is like a large life decision. And it yeah. was like, all right, like, I'm really got to sit, think, pray, talk to people about this. Um, and I made the decision to leave and hit the transfer, you know, as a graduate transfer and, and went from there and, and, and tried to find a new home.
2: Question. Whenever you finally got to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Do you reach out to Carolina or do they reach out to you? How does that all take place? Whenever, you, So your name goes into a transfer no, portal? No portal at this time. Okay. The portal did not
0: exist yet. So at this time, you had to get a release from the university. Mm. And once you had your release from the university, then, then all other schools could contact you. Now my release stated that I could not go to schools that were on pit schedule or in the ACC, which would also be on pit schedule. So I couldn't go to Carolina. So, so I did the recruiting process without being able to talk to any of those schools, right? But just on a, just on you know the the concept of it, I was like, nah, I don't like that. So I'm gonna appeal it. I'm going to appeal that restriction on my, on my transfer on the grounds that the school has completely changed since I got there. We have a new coach, we've had two athletic directors, and a brand new team. Yeah. Right? With barely enough people to play. And, and new school colors. Like, the whole thing changed. Yeah. It's a whole new school. And um, I fulfilled my academic obligations. I tried to be a Model of a student athlete. I had good grades. I wasn't getting in trouble. It's like I fulfill my obligations here. Why should you guys restrict me? and Where I can go? Like, what if a school in the ACC is a school that would be a good fit for me? So I appealed it, right. but the appeal process took a long time. So if I got my release early April, I had a whole recruiting process with other schools. I didn't. My my appeal did not finally process until mid May. Wow. So I had already almost figured out the entire recruiting process, and I, I went down to two schools, none of which were in the ACC, and I you picked the one. Tell I us who at. they were: Arizona and Kentucky. Sean Miller was my dad's college teammate. Um, I loved Arizona as like I love like you know I it was beautiful out there. Ugh, I love Arizona. Ended up getting to play there for a couple of years yeah. anyway. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was like that's a great that would be a great fit for me. And then Calipari is a moon guy. Yeah, Calipari was at pit when my when my dad was coming in, and so I've known him forever. So you know that There's comfort ties, level yeah. with coach. Like a, a big thing about recruiting that kids need to understand is where you go, where you play. You have to trust your coach. You have to trust your organization, your program that you're playing for. So that was big for me.
2: But that's even in life too. With a Lovely. job, you got to trust you, your boss. You got to exactly. trust your coworkers. Same thing. It's the same exact thing. I same mean, thing. they all align so much. That's why I think athletics in college are important for, for people. Right. Um, or, you know, our, our friend and I uh, have a company and, and I always tell him like, college athletes are who are perfect to hire. Yeah, I mean, it balance. teaches you a lot about life. Yeah, responsibility, had, commitment. Res- yes. Responsibilities. Exactly. You have to be at practice on time. You have to work with others. You, I mean, there's so much. Yes. Um, sorry that I, I No, that, No, that, that's it, though.
0: So that's, that's, that's why I was kind of down to those two schools amongst others. So I thought Arizona would be the one that I was going to go to. They had a guy come back to school, which he, I don't think he was supposed to. It kind of caught everybody off guard. But I was like, oh, man whoa, their roster you know, is set. Like That's a high-level, high-recruited kid. He's not just going to throw his player to the side, and I'm not going to ask him to do that. So I'll just, you know. But in the meantime, Kentucky also took on another player. So I was like, back to the drawing board. So it just timed up that as that happened, I got my release from, from, the, uh, from the, the original block in transfer that I could then speak to ACC schools. So then it was immediately I got on the phone with Carolina who was the first one to call me. Set up a visit, went down there, really liked the, because I I played against them for three years. Right, exactly what they were about. Right. And I knew exactly the way they played. And and so I went down there, visited. There's a couple other schools on the West Coast I was still looking at. Still looking at Ohio State was still in contention, Oregon, UCLA, a couple schools. But Carolina stood out to me. And I was like, this is a place that I, I would really like to go. The guys were great. Obviously, coach, Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams. Was they there. just won a national championship, um, and it, you know, it, was, it seemed like a great fit. Um, they had a guy, Justin Jackson, right before me, kind of plays a, a very similar position to myself. Highly successful, AC player of the year, just went to the NBA, and I was like, you know, this is a, a team that I feel like I could fit into, complement the guys, and also grow my game at the same time.
2: And that's, that's how it is. That's, that's how, how it went. That's how you ended up at Tar Heel.
1: Yep. Now, w- w- when when did you get any backlash from anyone at Pitt or Pittsburgh in general or? Yeah. Like, cause when people probably see your stats or your name, you know, the nets, what college is it listed? Is it Carolina? Yeah. So
0: that's the thing. People ask me this all the time, right? This is the way I, the way I frame it is these are, I'm not picking one over the other. Yeah. You're not going to say right. which one did you like better? Do you like, I wouldn't have got like, I just want everybody to understand that both schools were so essential yeah to any bit of success that I could accomplish. All the coaches I played for, all my teammates, everything that I went through like made put me in position to to be where I am yeah. now, mm-hmm. to be to good to you know what I mean? Yep. So people ask me all the time like oh, he's not like he doesn't claim, I, I'm not going to not claim one school or the other. People always want me to pick. And it's like, no, these two schools were super essential. I love the people that I was with. Yeah. I loved the the, the universities as a whole. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess that's human nature. It's like, no, it has to be one or the other. It has to be one or the other. Um, you know, I still wear my Pitt stuff all around. I have, you know, I'll still rep Pitt. I'll still rep Carolina. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll probably get them to, to say Pittsburgh and some of the you know, when they announce Entrance, yeah. yeah. And, man, just both schools are so essential, yeah. man. And I grew so much at both. Uh, you're not going to make me pick between the two. Yeah. I love my time at both. I learned a lot,
2: and that's that. The yeah. Dean Dome. How freaking cool is that to run a lot out? of blue. Blue everywhere. How and, cool is it to run out of that tunnel, though? The history. Oh, man. I mean, you have the greatest basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan
0: from there? You know, you, I think the one thing about playing three years and transferring to a new school is that you, you, you learn to understand that, appreciate what you have while you have it, right? So, you know, my, my teammates at Pitt and, and, and myself, like a lot of us are still pretty close. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, you appreciate. Everything, you know, because you're together all the time. Sometimes you get tired of each other. Sometimes you want to fight. Sometimes you're arguing, blah, 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 blah. But as you get away from it, you're like, man, I, I miss that group. I appreciate that group. Ups and downs and all. I love I playing with those guys. So when I was at Carolina, again, perspective. It's like this, th- these years, they don't last forever. You don't get these moments back. You can't just play in college basketball until you're like, mm. I mean, maybe now a guy's playing forever. But you can't play in college basketball, like, as long as you want. You know what I mean? Like the NBA, you can play until you can no longer play, or they no right. longer want you, and then you sail off into the sunset. But in college basketball, when your time is up, it's up. So it's like hold on to those moments. Like appreciate every every time you run out that tunnel. Yeah, you know. And every former guy comes back and says, "Man, if I could just run out that tunnel one more time." Um, and it's real. Like it, it is. A, it is a surreal feeling. Like my senior night, we played Duke. It's all senior night will always be. Uh, their Duke senior night or Carolina senior night, it'll always be the last game of the season at their place or at our place. So mine was a year that it was our senior night at home. And the whole entire experience of it, it was college game day. So you got everybody uh, everybody outside the arena starting at 6 a.m. So you have students just lined up. So we pull up to college game day when they're getting started. The arena's half full. Kids are outside. Kids are in the building leave college game day, you know, we're high every. It's just everything's up in mayhem. We go, do our pregame routines, uh, team, team pregame meal, come back to the arena, and the whole entire outside of the arena is lined with students. So we take a lap around and, you know, say hello, high-five everybody. And we take a lap around the entire arena, circle back, and go in through the top. We usually go in through, the, through like, our own entrance. But, like, it's very traditional. It's like they – you know, it's just a huge sign of gratitude, appreciation on, on both ends. Right. We go through all that. We play the game win. you know, huge environment. Duke Carolina is literally, literally nothing like that game. Like just the buzz around it, the intensity, the noise level. It's just, it's kind of unmatched. And we win the game. We have senior speeches, you know, me, my, the other seniors, we get up there. Like in those, like you'll hold on to those moments forever, man. Like they just—they're there, and and that's a, a feeling kind of unlike
1: any other. And it's because the people, yeah, they,
0: they cared so much. There's that ACC gives me best. kind of chills, man. Yeah,
1: it's like. You know, just knowing that you lived that. Now you have that within you. And nobody can take that away. And nobody can take that away from you, Cam. Nobody. Did you
2: give a speech at W&J for the golf team or what? what? No, I didn't. I mean, you know, I was recording
1: an album for my sophomore (laughs) and junior year, and I came back my senior year swinging. Um, You know, I know you like that one. But, yeah, watching those games, we're always in Pinehurst. Yeah. In March. That's the last game of the year for you guys. Yeah, Well, we're always at pine needles and it's always the Duke Carolina game Saturday
2: night. We always say we're going to (laughs) go.
1: We never never did, but it's like, and for us as a fan, I look forward to that one night of the year. Yeah, Like really that night of the year. Um, and the fact that you were able to live it and play it and still have that in you, man. Um, it's so cool. That's what what makes it worth it, man. It's,
0: and I'll tell you, man, it's, it's a huge, like, highs and lows. Like, just as high as the highs get, the lows get just as low. So the year before, my second to last year, we played um, at Duke on their senior night, up 15 in the second half, and they came back and won, right? I that was a low. Like, just because of the, the, the nature of the rivalry, to have them come back, the arena got so loud. Like, the arena got so loud. That the floor was shaking under my feet, and the vibration of all that—like you know, when you speak, right—you you, you, like you are oh, projecting, yeah. so like you know you're speaking because it's like obviously like your vocal cords need to vibrate in order to produce sound, and you can be aware of that. But like the the vibrations in the floor and in the arena were so strong that when you spoke, it didn't even like seem like you could not tell words were being produced. So I'm on defense trying to yell something at my teammate, and it's like, did I even did? Did, did he no, did, like? Did I even like? Yeah. Did he hear it? Did it come out? Right. And so they came back. They won. The arena is going nuts, and it's like, oh my goodness, like, bro, like this is like you just felt like you were it's in a, a nightmare, low. right? And then we came back our senior year and beat them by twenty at on their court with with President Obama sitting courtside, and it's like because the low last year was so low, the high right there is so high, it's you high. know. Yeah. They come back and beat us in the ACC tournament my senior year. Because the highs are so high, the lows hit you hard. And it's that whole entire experience as a whole that it takes you through such a range of emotions and makes it valuable because without the lows, the highs wouldn't be high. You have to understand that if the highs weren't that high, then the lows wouldn't hurt. So you just got to take it all and and, and appreciate it. That's wisdom. So that's like kids ask, like, how do you handle... Losses, how do you handle tough times? How do you handle disappointment? And it's like the reason it hurts so bad is because you you know that you've had moments where it, it didn't, where it felt amazing. Yeah. So the yeah. the the further you get, the more you accomplish, you know, the higher things you achieve, the more the pain's gonna hurt. And that's a blessing. Yeah. To be able to experience it. Because it like like anything, man, like you can go through life if you never experience anything and you, you never feel like it's numb, like you, it's barely in existence, but, but it's fulfilling when you're able to, to, to experience everything full circle.
1: Yeah. You're, you hit the nail on the head with that. I couldn't agree more. And, and honestly, I might not have ever thought of it in that way, but now that you just sat there and explained it like that, it's so true. Yeah. You know, if the highs weren't that high, you would not feel.
2: I mean, if you like our close. member guests, bud, when we played the member guests, how many did we lose? And we finally get one, and it felt great. And, and then it felt great. Then we, we lost, lost again, and we lost, <laughs> and it was <laughs> back <Terrible.
1: terrible. laughs> yeah. to
2: yeah. That's golf, it. though, right? Oh, like, Well, speaking of you're
1: you're wait you're wait, wait wait, I, I want to ask him go one more ahead. question. Okay, you go ahead. The floor's yours because he's now been in the NBA for quite some time mm-hmm. and he's played at Duke, Carolina. What is the loudest? Is that the loudest? Arena you've been in, yeah, part of so Duke, far. So Duke is small.
0: Duke's arena is small, and they they fit. They say they put nine thousand people in there. That you walk in there, it looks like it should be max six thousand, and people are turned sideways. Like you know, it's grandfathered into the health code. Yeah. <laughs> you know they get an exemption because it's like there is a lot of people in here in a I small guess. space, and it just like it's like mass. our arena gets loud, but it's a little bit bigger of an area you know like i was at the penn state football game and so it's 100,000 people but it's a big open space so it doesn't you know it's a like a deep rumble but like when you're in a small building like duke when it is packed with as many people as you can like i said the floor starts shaking like it becomes crazy carolina duke huge like loud i'd say second but there was another sneak one nba finals game 4 in milwaukee and it was random because we're up six or something in the fourth quarter, Jay Crowder gets fouled on a three and goes to the line. And the crowd randomly just erupted. And I remember standing on the sideline, like, or, or towards half court, and I was like, the floor rumbling again, man. There's no way, like, the, M- the NBA arena is, is producing the floor rumble because that's when you know it's loud, is when, like, you feel like your feet are like, And so that arena got in 2021 NBA finals. So everything was extra turned up because it was on the heels of like COVID restrictions where arenas were then allowed to be full. So like, do you remember like the sons and four guy who threw a punch in Denver stands? And there was all kinds of of mischief going on in in stadiums just because people were so like anxious to get back to sporting events. So like Milwaukee, you know, they're always drinking beer and stuff that arena just turned upside down for that fourth quarter. (laughs) And it was like this is like, and it was honestly. I wish we would have won. Like, it hurts to this day that we didn't win. But like, the the experience to go through something like that is very valuable. And you know, that's sports. Like that that arena turned upside, and our arena was just as rocking. But like, it was a it was a heck of an
1: environment. Well, you talk about Penn State. I went to the opener there with WVU. Yeah, that's a loud stadium. It's a loud stadium. Like, it's a lot of people. There's a loud statement. There's a lot of in, people. Being inside an arena like Duke, Carolina, I couldn't imagine. And your brother's playing hoops there, right?
0: I say now, yeah. That's oh, why yeah. I went down. That's why I went down to see him and, 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 and
1: you know. And he started at Carolina. Yeah, he did. That's one thing I remember. I, I do watch college hoops. Yeah. But I remember your brother, Puff. Yeah. And he got sick in that game. He threw up on the court. Yeah. <laughs> I told Pep that the other day. I said, I said, but I, I that's no funny. I yeah.
0: said, funny. Yeah, we were at one of my my youngest brother. We both of us, me and Puff, were at one of his summer league games uh, t- t- two summers ago. And this kid runs up to Puff after the game and says, "Puff, Puff, man, I was trying so hard out there to run so hard so I could throw up on the court and be like you." <laughs> I said, "Look at you, Puff, inspiring the next generation." And there's like he when he fell over on the court, I was like, oh, he about to throw up. Like I was oh, like, oh yeah, man. Like on one hand, it's like, Puff, come on, baby. But on the other, like he was like he literally tried to put his life on the line for a national championship. Like he tried to do everything in his power play as hard as possible to heal on the floor throwing up to yeah. try to win. So I give yeah. him credit, man. He put his heart on. He put his heart on out. the line.
1: Yeah, I, I, I vividly remember that. Oh yeah, but he left did in he, front he... of the entire country. He left and went – he still. He went to Penn State. So.
0: He just got to Penn State, so he played three years at Carolina and now he's at Penn State. But he got hurt his first year, so he didn't play. broke his toe.
2: State college, that,
1: baby. That would have been something to have him play all four years there and then you because –
0: Right, but just to see him running out of the tunnel, like you can live vicariously through your yeah. little,
2: your,
1: you know,
0: your little right. brother's experience. He had some crazy experiences there. You know, they beat Kay in his final game. At yeah. That's a crazy game. He beat K in his final game in the, in the final four. That's Like, he leaves Carolina with some
1: great memories. A little history, right?
0: Tons of history, great memories. Up 15 in the national championship and lose. Like, that one stings. But, you know, you take, like I said, the highs create the lows. The lows create the highs.
2: While you were at Carolina, did you kind of find a a love for the game of golf? Or was it after? It was being in Arizona.
1: Oh, yeah, good golf. Yeah, so golf,
0: like, Roy Williams loves golf. You'll golf as much as you. Huge game, golfer. Right. And I had some teammates that were big golfers, but I never golfed. So I was like, man, I, you know, I, this game seemed like, I don't know. Stupid, right? No, it just <laughs> I just think I take up a lot of time. Yeah.
1: Well, and for you, I mean, you're like, I got to get clubs. Yeah. And we're college students. <laughs> so gotta, we don't <laughs> like, necessarily
0: have the time to just go golf. Yeah. But being in Arizona is what did it. Like, I'm driving anywhere you go, there's a golf course on oh, every corner. And they're all and good. And the weather is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful courses. And so, uh, really like last summer I was like man let me see what this game talking about so I got fitted for a pair of clubs and I started like let me see if I can figure this game out and as we all know once you start playing and you get that one pure drive or that first birdie you're stuck you're, you're done stuck. You're game done. over game over yep it's true I can go out there and shoot one ten, and be like, "With that birdie, or but that, <laughs> that one par I got on the
1: day, that I can do that again. I'll be back tomorrow. Back. You're chasing them, chasing right? birdies. Yeah, yeah. But like for the more you play, I mean, obviously, I know, I understand. You're just now getting into it a little bit, but I mean, the more you play, you're gonna start shaving strokes off. You're gonna start getting better.
0: And I, I was, but I hit like a, I was in and out. I was getting better this summer. I had some trips that took me away for a long time, and I, I was trying to be a, an '80s guy by the end of the summer, but I'm I can't, I can't crack that 90. I'm stuck. It'd just be one or two holes. It's it's mental. Yeah, it's just like you know, you, whole whole 12. You're not locked in, and boom, yeah, you're left out.
1: Yeah, yeah, make triple. I know the
0: the the, the dreaded triple. Those day. are hard to come back from, especially if you string oh, yeah. two of them together. <laughs> yeah. But That's you know tough. what I mean? Um, it's, so, it's fun. And a, a, a big part of it that I appreciate, and I've golfed with some of my coaches too, and they can attest to this, is just like, it's, it's like mental training. Oh, yeah. The ability to lock in, the ability to focus, the ability to execute. Like, when I tell you, like, the intrusive thoughts hit me, so, like, on, back, on the backswing, I'd be like, wrong club. I'd be like. My feet not right. Be like, did I rotate enough? Where's the weight? Where am I swinging? Like, yeah. am I aimed? Yeah. And all these, and I'm just like,
2: ah. yeah. <laughs> <The> ball goes,
0: <laughs> the ball goes nowhere. How how many shots did we have yesterday where I'm swinging and the ball like is, ends up behind me almost, and I'm just like, <laughs> what a, what am I doing? Like, just hit the ball. So just the ability, it's like a, it's like training in and of itself, and just blocking out noise and executing. <laughs> something that you know you can. You know, the same thing as, like, shooting a three-pointer. Like, what you're good at. Yeah, and I have a lot more practice with that. Yeah, I'm but, sure if I didn't have practice, it'd just it it'd be like, you know, second shot on a par five with, with 300 to go.
2: A sports psychologist, I don't know if you, you're familiar with him, Dr. Bob Rotella, uh, works with some NBA players, and they're all transferring to playing golf and all that, and that's what he said, that they all have all these thoughts, right? And he said... When you're shooting a three-pointer, what are you thinking? You're like, nothing. You get well, it? it? Depends. You Sometimes I am. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm thinking and it's like, man, stop thinking.
0: Yeah. That's a different story. When you're yeah. shooting
2: at your best, you're just Not thinking at all. Correct. And you're just reacting, right? Right. And that's what he said. In golf, you can't think. You just got to react. Right. And, and a clear mind, and I know it's hard when, when we're not great at something, you're like, well, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Am I doing It's just look and react there's yeah. nothing else you can do.
1: But I think, too, like I said a little bit ago, I mean, the more you get acclimated, and granted, I mean, you're you're about to be in season, so you're golf And I'm in, and I'm in
0: New York. Uh, it's it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. You can't golf. Like, it'll be very hard to golf in the winter. Like, yeah, Arizona, yeah. you can golf any time of year. Anytime time. Off day, you could just hit the course that's a minute away from your house and yeah. play a quick nine and come. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Being an athlete like you are... My game's going to fall off a little bit. I'll have to get it back. Yeah, you're you you going to it, you're gonna shave some strokes. But off. you're hungry. Yeah. You love you it. You want it. Yes. Well, well, how many inches is your driver? Do you know? Inch and three quarters, maybe. About So 40... Added. So 46, 46 and... seven inches. 46 and three quarter. Yeah, it makes sense. My so putter would be a little too small for you, but... <laughs> um, yeah, you'd
2: be <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it.
1: Uh... I love that, though, man. I love seeing the passion in someone the first time they start getting around the game of golf because golf has had... I mean, Tiger changed the game, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But, you know, you don't... And maybe because it's more prevalent now with social media and seeing things, but, like, Steph Curry, for example, the guy's a stick. And seeing some of these athletes outside of what they do for a living and their passion for the game of golf and how... It, whether they, they do charitable events for raise fundraising or gen, or they are playing in tournaments, uh, just seeing that from other athletes to me, I, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love it, and I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it's growing cool, right? the
2: game. It's cool. It is cool.
1: You play the game till you
0: and golf is cool. Yeah. Golf is like awesome. golf is cool. Like golf is cool. Golf is a cool thing to do now. I mean, I mean, imagine. I'm sure it's always been, but like for a lot of us, like players and stuff, like golf is cool to get into.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, and it's something
0: that we'll be able to play for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so when we're, like, I think that's why a lot of athletes, you know, and, and sometimes it happens, like, for the guys that weren't exposed to golf, it happens a lot later in their careers. Right. But, like, I think everybody comes to, like, a collective understanding that, like, this is a great outlet for, like, our competitive spirit and being able to compete, whether against yourself, against a course, against a friend, and you'll be able to do it, you know, for a really long time.
2: I can't tell you how many athletes that I've played golf with, and I just think that the game of golf is just it's so hard i mean they are the best at what they are you're the, you're one of the best at what you yeah. do okay yeah. and then you come out to play golf and it humbles you yeah and people so and people much. are like you're a professional athlete like it don't translate like that like golf no. is,
0: <laughs> i've seen people that can't even walk and chew gum but like golf they got it you right. know what i mean right i know some real unathletic folks that are really good at golf so, it's like, you know, everybody, like, you, you don't necessarily just gain, like, a physical advantage. Like,
2: no, everybody starts.
1: Because I guarantee you, there's some guys on tour that can't,
2: they, they can't run a
1: 40 in, in 10 seconds.
2: Exactly. Or shoot a basketball. But,
1: okay. but You're they can turn golf them golf hips, club. man.
2: Sheesh.
1: Keep that face square. Well,
2: that's and, the but, thing, too. The game of golf, there's there's very few sports in this world when you have children that you can play. Like, for me right now, I can Go out and golf with my dad and my son. Yeah, the game you do that with. You can't, you can't, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome that, that you can spend that time with three generations and, and listen to some music and whatever. Uh, or get you know, we would never have met you if it wasn't for this. All right. oh, is why we're here.
1: Right. Yeah, there, there's it's a common denominator right. uh, for all of this because I'm not dunking anything. <laughs> I might be dunking a donut, a donut, <laughs> I ain't dunking nothing. Um, <laughs> get your trampoline, man. You'll be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the like the halftime show. <laughs> um, yeah, but jump you, through a ring of fire, bud. But New York, though, I know you're not gonna be able to. But
0: that I whole, will get out that, at some point. It's that, just you know, weather permitting, time permitting. Is a, there's a lot more factors that stand in the way.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, a lot more important factors. You know what you need in in New York, and I know it's there, is indoor. Yeah, golf. Yeah, but it's just not the same. It ain't the same. right. It's not the same.
1: It's not the same. No, but it's it's you can't, keeping you swinging. It is. It, it
2: is. But it's just like the putting uh, sucks at indoor golf. Well, I couldn't you imagine? Yeah, it's like well, it is putting on carpet basically.
1: But uh, we we played well Wingfoot. I played Wingfoot. He played Wingfoot. But we talked about this before with Marcus Allen. Yeah, on the podcast, Marcus asked us what region we thought was best for golf and we all agreed it's the northeast new york no okay doubt but that
0: any. that's weather permitting though
1: oh yeah right, weather right. Permitting. But, but i mean quality golf
0: courses yeah. but say you had to live in one area and you just wanted like you're you really just want to golf all the time scottsdale you going to scottsdale that's where i'm at scottsdale <sighs> or or i'm a scottsdale summer golfer though for a couple of reasons which is like backwards i'm out there at 3 p.m on a Wednesday afternoon. That's nuts. And 115. Yeah. But I got the course to myself most of the time. That's the only positive. Where do you but play the, other, the other negative is that if you're playing poorly, it, it gets tough. It gets really hard. Yeah, it gets you're, hard. you're battling that heat,
1: and it's just frustration <laughs> rampant. Yeah. You know, playing two-man events with people that, that you got to carry around sometimes, that's equally as frustrating, too. In uh, the golf world, we're not going to get into that. I Where do
2: you play that out there? Um,
0: my favorite is is Silverleaf up north. Silverleaf is a beautiful course and I have a friend that's a member there that- That That place is supposed to be sick. Super. Do you remember a guy there,
1: Bill Steins?
0: I'm sure I've run into him.
2: Yeah.
1: He was there for a while. He's not there anymore. He moved back down to Carolina, but he was the uh, director of golf. Yeah. It's Silverleaf. What about Whisper Rock? Have you played there? I actually haven't.
0: That's the second time somebody asked me in the last 24 hours. I haven't got up to Whisper Rock. I, I'll, I'll need good. to eventually. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll, in terms I'll of like public one. courses, um, Phoenicians a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, TPCs are a great one. Champions. In, um, yeah. Turner, Greyhawk's you know,
1: good. Yeah, Greyhawk's Greyhawk. good.
0: Um, let's see what else. There, there's just a ton. There's man. so, there so are, much like golf there man. The, there, man. Yeah. Like There's like this one, like a couple minutes from my house, Eagle Mountain, beautiful. Yep. I just... Pretty like you know, and they, they do a pretty good job I, taking care of them throughout the summers. And like it's, and there's so many, like, I, I just flip through them. You know, it's just like, let's try a new one. I love everything about Phoenix and Scottsdale the food, it's a great, it's a great the
1: place. people.
0: I really enjoy my time there.
1: One of my favorite restaurants is in Old Town. Yeah, which one? Um, Mission. Mission. Have you ate there? That place, yeah, is
2: incredible. Like guacamole. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. good.
0: It's, it's, uh, Arizona is a very livable place. Mm-hmm. Scottsdale is a very livable place. Phoenix is a very livable place. It's easy living. It's not like, it's great weather except for that burst of summer. For 90 days. Uh, and not too much like, traffic to get around. It's pretty easy to move mm-hmm. around, get where you need to get to. Um, and the people are pretty, pretty easy going there too.
2: So you mentioned you got fitted for clubs. What's, what's in the bag? What kind of clubs are in your bag? I can
0: tell you what's not in my bag. No iron under a seven. So you got hybrids? I have hybrids, but I threw my five and six away. I don't know where they are. So you don't have... (laughs)
2: Just frustration? Frustration. Oh, really?
0: Did you break them or just throw them? No, there's some... My five is somewhere in a garage, and I believe a six is in a car back at home. I'm not sure which one. (laughs) But, or the six could be somewhere in the garage, too. Who knows at this point? Who made them? XG. I have the BXG set, I have a ping set coming in so I can have one east coast, one on the west coast. But, man, I, like in the eight irons next. Oh no, eight you're gonna, iron. You're gonna you dump don't do it that to the eight iron. The, okay, so if it's club. an even iron, I can't. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this is mental. gonna become very. <laughs> you're gonna be like, bro. That's all the irons. Even irons and fives, and I don't go below five. So no five, no six, no eight usage. <laughs> I'll use the seven. I'll use the nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, but the other day, funny. like we were playing yesterday. And I I don't remember what the distance was, but I was like, mm. like it was uh, it was it was it was right back here. One of those you know one of those holes where y- your landing space towards yeah. the green is limited. So it's like I can't can't go too much, can't go too little. I'd be like, man, I really need to use my eight iron here. But I was like, I don't hit the eight iron well. That's pointless. I use a seven, threw it over. So it's like I gotta live with that yeah. because if I put out that eight iron, I would be in the backswing like, bro, you've never hit this club. Like mm-hmm. my eight
1: iron looks brand new. But in your mind, what's the difference for you then between there eight is and no seven? difference in my
0: mind. It's that's mental. the thing. No, it's not. If you if it's, you handed me the club is, blind so. and I went to swing it, I'd be like, I'd swing it and the you'd see the result and you'd be like, I'd be like, that's the eight iron, wasn't it? It always just whew, Oh cuts little slice-y. every time six and eight every. You're time. You're right-handed.
1: You play right-handed? Yes. Yeah.
0: I, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I'll get it out on the range and just be like, no, there's no stress. Like, whatever happens, I, like, I, my success rate with that club, on the range. No pressure. Perfect. Six and eight. No, I'm at, like, 10%. Uh. It's like, there's no way I'm going to feel comfortable pulling this out on a of course. course. So I just threw them out.
1: <laughs> that's that's a first. Around. Well, y- y- listen, you get good off the tee. Learn how to chip, make putts. Then, that's then all you, need you to worry can about. scrap the five and six. That's nine, a, yeah, then, then that's the all. The you putting, to do. all you have to get do is eliminate.
2: If once you get to the point where you eliminate all three putts, your, your, your score is going to that's, that's yeah. Your, but the thing is, like, this is our
0: problem. Me and my buddy T.K. We, when we golf, our problem is we just step up to the ball and putt it. And it's like, bro, we got to start focusing more on our like putts. read it. We got to start trying to read the green. We got to just we got to like breathe and like we just, literally we'll just walk up to the ball. Like barely set our feet and just see what yeah. it does. Be like, bro, we got to stop three putting.
1: Yeah, Everybody, everybody's you, in a rush. Enjoy it, dude. If you three, if you three put eight times around and you shave that, that's eight strokes. That's, like, that's the easiest way to pick up strokes, right it there. Is.
0: It is. So
1: Putting's an art, though, guys. You got to realize that. Like that shit, you got to like look at that whole. You know what the other part of it is? I
0: I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's like. If you really sit there, line it up, take your time, do all that, and miss, you probably I I, I get so frustrated.
1: Well, I mean, that's what so I do. So it's like
0: eliminate your frustration by being like, man, I barely tried. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, putting is is a beast.
1: Yeah, it's the be- It's the it's the most important part of the game.
2: <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's bar none. Well, you know, we're it? gonna it's, we'll, we'll get them dialed in at putting. Oh we'll, yeah. we'll, Our friends over Bettinardi Golf will will take care of you, we'll fit you for a putter. They're in Chicago, so whenever you go in to play the Bulls, we'll get you guys introduced. They'll we'll get you all set up over there. Fit, and all dude. the putts
0: will just start going in.
2: It's incredible to get dude, fit.
0: It's
1: um, it's a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Putting is one of my stronger suits in my game, but getting a Bettinardi putter in your hand is going to change the way you put. Really? Yeah, I mean it's fit to
2: you. And this is this is
1: professional shit, man. This is
2: like, eighteen cam- eighteen cameras look at your stroke. Yeah. So they they don't redo your stroke. They f- build a putter to fit your, stroke. your stroke.
0: So you're yeah. gonna be extra weak with every other putter.
2: So you can be you can be knocking them in, man. Oh, we'll get you all dialed in there after after this. I'm gonna just start <laughs>
0: getting on a green and be
2: like, I went in two. Well, just two putts. Automatic two putts. Automatic two putts. Yeah. If like, you like can pace play, pace of play. play if you can two putt eliminate three putts in par threes. You can go pars or bogeys. You'll be breaking 90 before next summer, end of next summer.
1: You Next summer, you we got to get out and play, man. For sure.
2: I this man, is beautiful courses up here. Yeah,
1: play up here and play down in West Virginia. I'm at a couple Just, spots down there. That was I mean, nice. but
2: he's in New York. We're going to go to New York to play golf. We'll take we'll – Go, go to New
1: York and play golf,
2: man. But There's so much good golf there. It was awesome having you on. Thank you, man.
1: And um, we got to do our last segment of the show called the Tap-In Segment presented by Betnardi Golf. Check them out online at – betnardi.com we were just talking about betnardi so how fitting for my man to be asking you a few of these questions all
2: right quick what are your
0: responses
2: okay this is, this is, i'm bad at this like all oh, you know i'm bad at it which one do you want another shot at nba finals or final four well you can't get another shot to final four which one did you wish uh college basketball tournament
0: oh that's tough that's tough because the NBA Finals became so close But I'll tell you what, the disappointment of losing, and we lost in the Sweet 16 my senior year, but I was sure we were going to win. We were one seed. We were good. And we ran to a hot Auburn team. They made a lot of threes. They were hot. Like, credit to them. They played so well. And just like that, college career over, you know you'll never have another shot at it. Like, NBA, like, you always think, like, man, I'm going to get get another shot at it. But college – when that's done it's, done, it's done. The pain of that one was so, cut so deep. So deep. Yeah, I want another shot at it.
2: But that's also because I feel like I could get another shot at the yeah, yeah,
0: finals yeah. in real life. I feel right. like I can.
2: Well, all hey. right. This is the ongoing Let's debate in, in basketball. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan? Jordan. LeBron is great. Great.
0: Like, really great. Second best player of all time.
2: Michael Jordan. You've played <laughs> against LeBron. Yes. How how good is this guy? He's incredibly
0: cerebral. So that's the thing. You play against older Braun, right? This is not young Miami Cleveland Braun. So I'd assume I didn't play him when he was younger, but I assume he's not like naturally just not as quick and explosive as he used to be. But he's the smartest basketball player in the world. So example, rookie year, like I'm in the I'm in the game playing against the Lakers, and coach calls a play for me. I'm like, this is great. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna get a look. Like I love when coach calls a play for me. And this one's pretty tricky. Like, it usually works. So, coach calls it out. You know, Ricky Rubio, our point guard, echoes it. LeBron calls it out. He's like, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, he talks to his teammates. He goes, it's coming to him. Don't let him get this pin down. Like, blow it up. I looked at him like, bro, you hating. Let me get this one off. Let me get this. Come on, man. At least let me get the they, ball. They blew it up. Like, And, and I knew, like, the defender's like, that exactly where I'm about to go. They blew up the play. Did so he blow like, it on? Come because, on, bro.
1: Because he heard what was going on, or he just had the intuition to know. No, Brandon.
0: The- Brandon. Bron wasn't guarding me. He told who was guarding me what was coming, and he was right. So he know like he knows your place. He's really seri- like he's a great basketball mind. Like, he lived. In, same thing with CP, Chris Paul. Like uh-huh. one thing about playing with with those guys and against those guys is. To be as successful as they are, they've had to become very, like, scientific with basketball. So they watch. Those high-level vets, they watch, and they've been watching. And they understand the game, like, deeper than probably you you would think basketball could be understood. So they pay so much attention to the fine details, and, like, they just just think Mm. the game. Like, maybe sometimes, like, they think the game, you know what I mean? Like, they just, they, they know what's going on. They understand situations.
2: Um, and it's, it's, it's really, like, you learn a lot from those guys. Yeah. Dream foursome. Be dead or alive. Whoever you want to play golf with. I'll
0: put Michael Jordan in there. I, I'm one of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Jordan. I'm going to put, Does Obama golf?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, do they have to be a golfer?
2: No. Yeah, but they should be. I mean, it could be whatever you want. You want them to ride around and tell jokes to you while you go off? That's fine, too.
0: That would be cool. <laughs> you need somebody funny, but I want somebody kind of serious in this one. I'll pick, like, like, Martin Luther King Jr. or something. That's a
1: I'm great okay. That's right. a that's great a foursome. foursome. Damn.
2: All right. When I say the word Duke, what comes to your mind? Nah, Mayonnaise. I for
0: him. Yeah, man, Duke's mayonnaise.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Duke Duke's of York. good mayonnaise. It is good mayonnaise.
0: But the one thing about the Duke Carolina rivalry is that there's respect between two yeah. schools. Not as much so with yeah. NC.
2: Yeah. All right, last one. What are you chasing?
0: I'm chasing birdies.
2: Ooh, he's got it.
0: And a championship. You know
1: what I mean? You yeah. Know what I, mean? I gotta yeah, say, yeah, that's um, gonna come, baby. birdies. I might be a Net- I might be a Nets fan after today. I don't have an NBA team, like I said earlier. Yeah, that's Nets, Brooklyn, that's. Nets. So oh, I'm, I'm Brooklyn now, boys. He's going
2: to be a season ticket holder
1: by the end of the week, bro. I might. <laughs> Damn right, man. I so, love your story, Brooklyn, man. man. I love what Brooklyn. you got going on. Brooklyn. Chasing birdies in life. You did it. You doing I'm it? I'm
0: chasing, like, it's metaphorical, right? It like, is. Chasing birdies. Like, what like, are we doing when we're chasing birdies? Like, we're aiming for the best. But, like, par is, like, yeah, that's fine. That's acceptable. That's good. Yeah. But, like, birdies, like, you're aiming to be a step above. Yeah, like right. You're
1: aiming to be better and good. Yeah, in all aspects of life. My man. Thanks for coming well, on. Thank you so much, course, man. thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate well, it. was it.
0: awesome. I appreciate the time.
2: Cam Johnson. What a What a story. Story that was. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, the, the way that he carried himself in the conversation, as you mentioned in the intro, he is mature, past his age, um, as nice as can be. I like the pressure comment. It, there, there is no pressure. It's yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Pressure is all self-inflicted. Um, and no matter what you do, sports, work, whatever.
1: Yeah. And, and the high highs make the low lows feel a lot worse, but mm-hmm. I always say one of my old sayings is when when it's when it's good, it's not really that good, and when it's bad, it's not really that bad. It kind of keeps you centered a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, but I do appreciate Cam coming on here, and we have some other people we have to thank.
2: Yeah, we need to thank Matt George for uh, lining this one up. I mean, Matt mm-hmm. said he was going to do it. He said this a couple months ago, dude, and he came through on it. He and did. Uh, I'm really ha- happy that he did because Cam was awesome. Yeah, and, and, and it was well worth the wait. And Matt's brother-in-law, CK.
1: CK made the trip in here to Nemecone. Um So thank both of you for that, and uh, obviously thank Cam again for his time. So here we are, another episode of
2: Chasing Birdies Down, and um, and I'm off this weekend. Um, Sunday to Monday. I'm actually playing a couple rounds of golf, buddy. Oh, yeah. Tell us. You're playing Straw. I'm playing Wingfoot on Sunday. Uh-huh. Sunday afternoon. Um, Monday, I'm playing Baltastral in the Gladney Cup. And I just found out that I'm playing with Chris Stroud, who is on the PGA Tour. That'll be great. And he's sponsored by Norcane, which Norcane is a sponsor of the Gladney Cup. And uh, so it's myself, Chris Stroud, Emmanuel from Norcane, and, and one other person in... And, and, it's an event. It's a tournament. It's awesome. It's like We're teams and all kinds of stuff. So I'm excited. Uh, haven't played much golf as of lately, but I'm really, really fired up for these two days.
1: Well, I'm happy for you, dude. You're going to be on a big stage there. Some big courses. Big um, city bright lights, baby. Yeah, you're going to have to get your game honed in a little bit. No, well, good luck, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just want to say to you listeners out there, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening here on Chase and Birdies. Uh, make sure you check us out online, chaseandbirdies.com. Jason underscore birdies on the IG account,
2: and um, thank y'all. What else? That's normally what you say. Yeah, it's normally what I say, but I, I like that you took it, everybody. Yeah, just it's just I'm sorry. It, it went well. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry, but
2: it's one thing
1: I have in my life. You guys, the weekend is almost here, so if you have some plans for golf, I hope you hit it straight. Watch some golf; it's gonna be great golf this weekend, and obviously there's gonna be some great
2: football on. So you say. USA, mm. USA. Ricky Fowler is on fire. Watch this. All right, y'all. Go watch the Ryder Cup. Thank you
1: to Evo and Allie over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Rachel London, Jacqueline Paterio. Thank you, girls, for your social media help. And thank you all for listening here on Chasing Birdies. We will catch you all in two.